3, 2, 1, recording. 2022, innit? So, signs to Vanessa, the, the Joker thing has really thrown something interesting into the mix of this podcast. In that. And she said, that's nice, dude. <laughs> she did actually she just looked at me randomly goes no one fucking cares about your music podcast dude um no she didn't because she's a, lo- a lovely partner and she she feigned interest yes. it's important to have partners that patronize you, when you- <laughs> and that's nice dear um but i would say that we listened to even a greater variety of music than we did when we started and we were doing the classics for sure because you know, there is that ability to just go, fuck it, let's listen to this. Yeah. And- I haven't actually gone back and figured out how many albums that we ended up putting in our top five or ten at the end of the year started out as Jokers. Mm. But it's it's not, it, it you know, it happens. I just think even, even if the hit rate's really low, mm. it's a lot of fucking fun just to go, well, let's, let's give this a listen. Why the fuck not? Um- and the other thing that I sort of came to the realisation this year is there's a lot of albums, and I think you, you summed it up beautifully in your blog post. <laughs> Blogs. Blog. I've I, I done very, a blog, folks. Very and 2023. I, and I tried to share it on, on Facebook, and Facebook said, this is, we're, we're not going to let anybody <laughs> see this because it's offensive. And I was like, I looked at it and went, yeah, okay, Facebook, you've changed, but Okay. But yeah, so I, I just basically did a Twitter thread of, of a whole lot of uh, bangers off albums that were reviewed, and and one of the comments that I kept finding myself saying over and over again was, "I wanted this album to be better," or you know, the album yeah. was a bit uneven, or it was a bit disappointing. But this this track is a banger, uh, and there was quite a lot of that. But I suppose once you get past about you know, I mean, there must have been like fifteen or twenty songs on that 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 banger list. So yeah, yeah there, there was a lot of albums with promise. Uh, that either conceptually didn't hit for me or I just left it feeling like, fuck, could you, you know, just let this cook for a little bit longer, please? Yeah, there was a lot of that. But also, uh, my, I'm really happy with my top five this year. I think mm. it's a, a very, very list. Uh, a little bit surprising where I ended up coming down. Um, but... Just, I think, five really, really good albums. Mm. So, straight up, though, my most disappointing album this year was undoubtedly that Sims album. I, I went back and gave that another listen. Man, it's it's just not fun to listen to. It's, it's not there, is it? I mean, no. I, I, did, I deliberately brought in a different um, rubric for judging this year because I felt like there were a few albums that I, that I thought were really important this year that I knew – wouldn't necessarily go well with uh, sitting in the sun having a beer. Like, the, the, their yeah. relative lack of yeah, joy I'm- was going to hurt them. And I thought, is that fair that in the end of the year, all you end up doing is selecting on the basis of what album's the most fun to listen to in the sun while having a yep. beer? Um, so I tried to bring kind of a little bit more of a, a balanced metric to kind of judge these sorts of things. But, you know, th- what, there wasn't any kind of metric that could have accounted for the fact that that album was no fucking fun. It's just so self-indulgent. And I, the funny thing is, I don't think it's her indulgence. I, I really don't. It's the producers. I, yeah, it's she's, it's, she's it's a vessel. the salt effect. Yeah. Yep. Fuck it. Um, all right. 
anything else you want? Any other grand statements you wanted to make before we? No, I think like- I'm going to wrap it up with kind of you know trends and directions and shit like that. You know, when we get to our honourables and when we get after we nail our fives, we'll talk about yep. the ones that, that missed out, the ones that we you know never really had a shot. Uh, but Sims is probably worth mentioning off the top because it was such a high profile. You know, it was your album of the year in in 2019. Yeah, and uh, and you did have good things to say about. Well, you had better things to say about the last album than I did. <laughs> I was already off. Oh, the, I was already like off, the, off. Off. You know, not that keen on it uh, by the. I think the last album had sort of those three bangers that I will still listen to again and again and again. Maybe even four. I would say there's four tracks on that on that album that I would put in a playlist and and just love. And so you could. It's a little bit like the. Um, there's a Paul Kelly Bluegrass album that has a Casey Chambers song on it, and I've just excised that Casey Chambers out of that listening to that album in any way, shape, or form to the point because where- Because you hate independent women. <laughs> to, to the point where when someone else plays it at a party and I hear that song, I'm like, why don't I remember that track being on this album? What's that? Um, but there's just no- like, it, it, It's like cancer and it's gone through the whole fucking body. It's just everywhere in every song. It's a bit grim. It is, but that's how I feel about it. Anyway, shall we begin? Shall we begin? We could do that. How do we want to start this? I'm I'm keen to start because my number five is not an album that I was, I think I was super keen on the week that we reviewed it. In fact, I think I um, was a little bit harsh on it. Didn't feel like it fit into exactly what I wanted and when I went back and listened to it I was like this is this is really fucking good and I, I think the quality is a lot higher than what I, I I think I came into came into the album expecting something and then it wasn't what I expected so I marked it down but when I went back and listened to it in the review phase and was sort of the opposite like went oh I'll go back and listen to this I was like actually this is really fucking good and it's the Crystal Method album is my number five and even though I was I was not super keen on it when we reviewed it in period I, I think this is the actual banger of an album I think it's really fucking good they, they made a Prodigy album which is really cool yeah yeah and I, I think it's just because I, I really do think it was because I came in expecting something um, that fit a little bit more thematically with what they'd done before and I actually think it act, it does fit a little bit more with what they'd done before when you think about it a bit more but it was I, I think I had an expectation of what this album was going to be and it wasn't that and I, I was disappointed it was a prequel not a sequel and that was the- yeah this time I, I I went back and sort of just listened to it as a piece of music and I was like fuck this is actually really well done so uh, I had a great time listening to this album so that's my number five an awesome pick um, I'll just quickly explain my um, scoring rationale this year. Um, well, first thing is, is it joy? Is it fun? Mm. Does it make me happy? That's, that's been the, the metric that generally has, has um, dictated what, what has happened over the last couple of years. Yeah, it's ruled this podcast for a while. Now. For, for quite a while. And, um, not, not to say that's, that's a bad way to live your life, but um, I also want to think about, you know, is it important? Is this album, does this album say something about where we are in 2022? Is it culturally yep. important? Is it part of the zeitgeist? Is it, you know? Or on the other hand, uh, there's a related thing. Does it transcend that genre? Because we had a lot of really good genre pieces this year. But if it's just a really good genre piece, is that enough, or does it actually have to 
do more than that. And, you know, is the album coherent? You know, is it end-to-end excellent? Because of the week, some great albums that, that have gaps in them. But also, you know, how high are the highs? What's the ceiling of the album? So it's kind of trying to balance all these kind of elements. Uh, in any case, my number five album this year uh, has turned out to be a Sonic Flowers album, Me and My Bell Bottom Blues, which I was not expecting, but it was... Every time I came back to my kind of album of the year shortlist, it was the one I wanted to play. That's the one I want to play. And this is purely a joy pick. This is purely a, I just want to hear some fucking stupid riffs. Uh, And that's really what this album is. It's just everything I like all at once. It's just garage, blues, psychedelia, played with doom metal force. Um, uh, The record label it's on says it all, the heavy psych sounds. So um, that's my kind of shit. Uh, I have no recollection of this album. So... (laughs) I think we're. I think we did it the same week as, as another uh, high-profile album. So I think I think you were um, distracted by another high-profile album that we did the same week. It, all of those things that you've just said to totally inform the like the, my next four picks. I think I've got I've definitely got one that's just for joy. I've got two albums that I think fit like all of those metrics, mm. and then I've sort of got. So the, the Black Keys is my number four. And I think the reason that I'm a little bit more keen on this album is I don't have the historical context that you do and that other people do with the Black Keys. Like, I came to them so late, I'm not... I don't have that sort of, well, their early stuff was heaps. So I just really enjoyed this album. I, I played this album constantly throughout the year. Um... It was one of those albums where I was like, what am I going to listen to this afternoon? Like, you know, I don't feel like thinking about new music or I don't want, you know, I don't want to review. I just want to listen to something that I really enjoy. I'll put the Black Keys album on. Um, my kids absolutely love this album. It's one of their favourite bits of music from the year. Um, Curtis constantly goes around humming the riffs to, 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 to bits off this album. Yeah, I just, I, I had a lot of fun with this album I know it's probably not as important as some of their earlier stuff but damn it's still fucking really good music I don't know if the Black Keys were ever important because they're always a throwback act but if it's with the Black Keys it's more about um, what they've done that's different from what they've done before this, this kind of the legacy band always has a an inbuilt penalty in the marking schedule because you're always thinking, well, you know, is this just the same shit they've always done? Uh, and there'll be a couple, there's a couple of in my um, highly commended, which are legacy acts that have done a really good version of what they always do. Yeah. But if they're doing that and other legacy acts are doing something that and more, then comparatively, they're always going to struggle. Um, yeah, this is probably about the fourth or fifth best Black Keys album. And I felt like I couldn't quite... It's weird to say, because a couple of years ago we had that ACDC album, which is... Yeah, it know, was... It would love to be the fourth or fifth best ACDC album, but that, that was enough to be album of the year because it was an ACDC album and it just got grandfathered in, because mm. it's me. Um, I'm, I'm actually watching a, a show uh, at the moment that's about the start of the SAS in the Second World War, and it's funny because, for whatever reason, the, the guy running the show has either used... 1940s music or ACDC nothing else <laughs> just, the, just so you either get this like really imperial like bar music or as the trucks are driving across the desert you get this crunching 
Oh, but not not even the big songs. He's just using like even riffs or or like the, you know, he's using like basically breaks of ACDC to to shoehorn into the into the whole show. Yeah. It's fucking it's interstitial music. It really gives it a, a, just this like, and the, the dialogue is just this is real sort of. It's got the same sort of punchy feel as an ACDC riff so it just goes so well together like whoever made that decision in the production was fucking bang on because yeah um, but I understand what you're saying good I'm happy somebody did <laughs> my number four album is Wet Legs debut Wet Leg oh one of my one of my yeah really really close to the cut outside looking in sort of thing yeah, yeah this is of- this is a ceiling pick because there are a few um you know, sad, bitter little breakup dirges that that are a little bit hard to to <laughs> kind of which I, I probably liked through. more than you did. Well, it's a, but they kill the momentum of the album. That's the thing. It's kind of like I think we're sitting yeah. around. Oh, yeah, and I just fucking hate you and your new girlfriend could fuck off. You know, great, but um, <laughs> but that's not that's not what the, gives the album its charm. It's these kind of quirky obs- observations about life and um, and the whole fucking you know the, the kind of post punk uh, pop kind of feel to the whole thing. This this is a ceiling pick because at its best the best songs on this album are definitely album of the year kind of quality, and it's um it's kind of a, it's an important it's a zeitgeist pick because this is probably the most um this is the out of all the, all the, uh, the songs the albums that I'll pick this is the one that will be on the other top ten lists from the big fucking yeah um the, no, the I big did, I did see it yep it's probably in the guardians yeah yeah and we'll probably do it probably do a thing in a week or two about us looking at some of those um. Those uh, the big music websites and their their top ten lists and sort of see if there's you know what the fuck they were recommending to people and whether that was actually it, any good. It's interesting because uh, uh, who's the director of Shaun of the Dead? Um, oh, Edgar Wright. Like, Edgar Wright was like when this when that Wet Leg album out dropped, he was like this massive proponent of it, and I think it actually gave it a, a pretty big boost because he is a director that uses music quite well. Yeah. So, But it was also, um, you know, six, it was very BBC Six Music. It was kind yeah. of the equivalent of Triple J in, in the UK sort mm-hmm. of thing. And, and they, uh, they, no, somebody suggested, oh, it's, it's the, 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 the 2000s blog rock revival. I'm like, that's not a thing. You just made that up. <laughs> That's that's not a thing. That wasn't a thing then. That's just music writer bullshit. <laughs> that's Guardian Wank. No, it's just it's just fucking it's just label wank. Um, uh, but um, what I like this this I like an album that has bars and this has some great bars. You know, when I think about what you've become, I feel sorry for your mum. Uh, there's just so many excellent little sharp little lacerating digs at, at the protagonists and the and the the the, uh, the subjects of the of these of these songs. So. I will say though that I had more trouble selecting my four five than I did selecting my one two three because I had yeah, I think- a, the, the outside looking in for the for the bottom part of the, the the top five was tough and and this because this album has gaps in it that I wouldn't normally like this album didn't score well for coherence. Um, but you know, on ceiling and on importance, it was you know right up there. And also because I want to, I want to be, want to be seen to be relevant, so I have to make sure it's in my top one. Uh, I only had that problem for number five. My my top four was pretty pretty set. Uh, but yeah, that fifth pick, there was a, a, a sort of a, a lot of jostling and and 
Or they can't do a field jumper punching. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So my number three is from from my Hermanos, from my brothers, and that's El Bueno. It's one just for me. I realise that this is not something that is for everyone. In like instrumental music only is not necessarily. I think it's sort of like uh, the graphic novel of the music world. You know, it's it's, it's sort of a little bit sniffled at. But it's, I not, just think, it's not a graphic novel. It's like a, it's like a painting. Nothing moves. I just think this is just some beautiful, beautiful music. I, I think that the playing on this is just divine. I I thought the the sort of the repetitive motif I thought would get boring, but I actually found more and more in it the more I listened to it. Like little layers and little beautiful archipelagos that I just hadn't discovered before. I love this album. I just think it's fantastic. Love listening to it really. Like the other thing without lyrics, without big shouty lyrics, which is something that we're going to get into a little bit later. Like sometimes... Fucking words always getting in the fucking way. (laughs) Well, sometimes if you've got other people home, it's a little bit hard to really crank, you know, my my beautiful Sonos speakers up to their full (laughs) maximum capacity. Fucking hurry up and sponsor us, you motherfuckers. Um, Yeah, that's the way to get it done. (laughs) That's the way to get a sponsorship. I really should have uh, worded that a bit better. But... uh, Guess fucking things, you cunts. (laughs) This this is just beautiful. I, I, I... I haven't gotten sick of it, um, and I don't think I will. I, th- I think this is a- an album that I can kick back and listen to from start to finish any time I like. And I-, I do think it's a, it's another one of those. Uh, e- e- I-, I guess you could pick the Orback song out of it as a single, but I-, I feel like it's something that you listen to as a whole, as a whole album, rather than just you know one or two songs on a on a playlist. Just going back to the Sonic Flower album, that's actually the first time they've done anything with lyrics because they were mm. a purely instrumental act. They were a side... Yeah, right. This is the band that were the, the... It was the side project of the Japanese doom metal band where they decided just to do garage punk songs. Uh, and it was the first time they did lyrics. So, and in a way, that was that's the exact reverse. Um, for my number three, I'm going to go across the aisle to a different, um, a different effort from Easy Eye Records. I'm going to go for Marcus King's album, Youngblood. Mm. I was pretty sure this would make your top five. I put out a tweet saying that uh, the Black Keys put out an album this year. It was, it was fine as far as Black Keys albums goes. But Dan Auerbach also produced the um, uh, Marcus King's album, Youngblood, and that was a better Black Keys album than the Black Keys made. And you know who liked that tweet? Easy Eye Records. So that means it's true. <laughs> if the record label agrees with me, then it's fucking true. Fair enough. Um, this is this was just um, classic fucking a classic fucking blues album. I suppose you could say what what makes this more than a genre piece. I haven't got a good answer for that. I just fucking dig it. I dig it a lot. I enjoyed this a lot more uh, in the review than I did in period, and I think that's just because the first track is so white hot good. Like that first that first track on that album is just blow your mind good and I don't think the rest of the album is bad at all it's it's still pretty good it's just when you first listen to that first track like for the very first time it's like holy fuck if they can sustain this this is going to be an all time barn burner like you know one of the best albums we've ever 
reviewed on this podcast. I don't think you can do that song ten times, though. No. I think no, you no, have no, to have the light and shade, and that's why there's a few more kind of reflective, yeah, you know, blood on the tracks yeah. kind of songs. And I think it's a, I think it's a good album. Um, but I think I sort of like had my mind blown and then came back down, and that's why I was a little bit more harsh on it. Like the the week we reviewed it, like I thought it was a bit too. I knew like you a, were talking nonsense. That's why I didn't listen to you. <laughs> I'm like the yeah, but, first three tracks but, are no different to the rest of the fucking album. What what on earth are you talking about? It was uh, a, it was a, it was a continuum. Okay. Just you heard them first. It's the only yeah, difference. Okay. You can randomise the track order. The only thing is the last track is quite. The last track is a last track. It feels like. I mean, it even yeah, ends on a fade out. You can always tell when you're when the, it's the last track because they ended on a like very old fashioned kind of fucking rhythm and blues kind of approach. Finish on a fade out. What's your number two track album of twenty twenty two? Look, this was a hard year. Hard year. To to to. This is where I really had some problems. Um. You always have problems. But I'm going to go Bob Dylan at number two. And you were talking about bars before. There is no I was one. almost going to suggest we have a um, best bars of the year. Because um, yeah. let, let's just scoop ahead here. Uh, Bob Dylan is also my number two album of the year. <laughs> right. And I feel like, the, and this is already the, the year that's had the most. I was, I was wondering whether we might have a year where we actually have. Because it's been like, it's been four years since we've had the same, we've picked the same album in our top five. And yeah. we've we've already beaten that record, so congratulations. But yeah, this is the this is the most important album we listened to this year. I think. And the funny thing was, so uh, unlike the Hamanos album, I don't always which doesn't have bars. Put- I, I think it's fair no. to say I'm not going to I'm not going <laughs> to run down your choice. I'm not going to piss, piss on your, your but- chips or your parade or anything associated with you. But the, there were there were shit raps in that album. I, I didn't feel like there was any messaging. I didn't feel at any point that Zach Delarosha was speaking to me. But but this album is not something that I come home on a Friday afternoon and go, oh, I want to put the Bob Dylan album on. No, absolutely it's- not. It, it scored really low for fun. This is not an album I... I this is an album I choose to listen to. It's not an album I want to listen to. <laughs> if but that makes I, any I, sense. I had it on the headphones today. I was like out and about and I was like, rather than putting on the car speakers, I'm going to put it on my, on, on my, on my pods. And just listen to it from start to finish. Holy fuck. It's like being punched in the face. It's so, with, so urgent, With isn't drugs it? or something. Yeah. It's it's just, it, man, that guy can write. And yeah. it's stuff that should be said. That's the yeah. thing. It's like, fuck you. Fuck all this PC bullshit. Fuck the Tories. Fuck Britain. It's, fuck all yeah. of it. Oh, I will and say that the, um, oh, when I uh, did a pod with Adam, well, I didn't I, Pod? No, I just had a conversation with Adam. I did an unrecorded podcast with Adam, and um, he, he did ask me to make sure that we mentioned in the album of the year show that this was his album of the year because it, oh, it right. just stuck with him. And it's not a genre that he likes. I mean, no, apart from being the Godfather of grime, um, this is. But it's like it's like I don't. I didn't enjoy it, but it was the most important album, and it was the album that stuck with me the longest, and it was the album I felt like I I was compelled to listen to. And the thing is, he says it on the fucking album. This is not some pretty little fucking stuff yeah. for you to listen to. This is not some he, fucking Candyland band. Yeah, it, he like, and it, it still uh, just blows my mind that he did a PSA about dietary yeah. choices in England and made it sound like 
the fucking hardest hitting protest song that you've ever heard. It, is that the bar of the year? A pig can't kill with a pig can't catch. I think it is. I think it is. The killing of kids with two pound chicken and chips is a tactic of war waged yeah. on the poor. Is that fucking? You can't. That's you can't. not Dilla Rocha shit. That's fucking Chuck D shit. That's really. That's just just like fuck, man. Fuck. That's really. It, it really sticks with you. If you understand anything about modern Britain. That just cuts to the core. Like, it cuts and to the core. And not just modern being... Britain, modern Australia, modern New Zealand. Yeah, like, below the poverty it, line, that's what it's fucking like. If you if you live in Logan, that, you know, when when Beanley KFC opened up for the first time, it shut down Beanley because there was a line a kilometre out through the fucking drive through. And it's not like KFC hadn't come to no, southeast Queensland. It's not like it's, not it's like, that hard to find KFC in, in, yeah, it's, you know, in it's, the northern it's, part of the Gold Coast. It's not fucking in an in and out burger doing a pop-up or something. It's fucking KFC in a location that was slightly closer than what you were used to. Um, but, you know, it's shit like that that just makes me think of everything this guy has to say. Yeah. Um, I will absolutely listen to anything he commits yeah. to track. There's a new single that dropped late last year and it's if anything better than it's good it's good enough to be on this album. It's it's a fucking banger. Um it's a, and it's about it's about gentrification and about fucking you know cashed out white people coming in and buying up, you know, poor black people's neighborhoods as you'd expect it's, you know, it's not a cheerful little banger. This is not this is not a um this is exactly the album I was thinking of when I thought we ca- I can't let Hammock Time be the enemy of this album because no. this album is too important no. not to be not to be remembered. And the thing is that every time you listen to the album, you pick up more details. You pick up extra little yeah. bits. You kind of you, you kind of hear more clearly certain things he was saying. Go, oh fuck, that's that's really really interesting. And and, and this is where I think music criticism really fucking falls down, right? Like if you've got the Beyonce album. Or the Taylor Swift album ahead of this Kendrick album. I felt the same way about the Sims album three years ago. Oh yeah, the Kendrick album. Like if you're talking about modern prophets, like dude, have a listen to this. And the reason why you won't is because of songs like Pretty Songs. Because Pretty Songs is basically a big fuck you to the whole industry, yeah, to the whole fucking machine, to everything that there is. And it's like, but the thing is that it's interesting oh, oh, that Pretty Songs runs into Turn Off the Radio, and that's another thing about this album is that it's a narrative. Every song leads into the next one. the The initial reference to killing kids with two pounds chicken and chips isn't on Health as Wealth; it's on the track before. And then he picks yeah. up that idea and he, he talks about it in Health as Wealth. Um, yeah. Turn Off the Radio is built off the promise is built off the premise that in that kind of interstitial bit which leads out of pretty songs about you know things you can and can't say on the radio and the fact that you know you, if you pretty if you, if you printed up his sound he actually would get heard it's it's really beautifully and thoughtfully put together it's like a really beautifully embossed meat axe that's being used to club people to death with yeah well even even health is wealth health and wealth is like it's a really catchy song. Yeah, well, like, it's, it's fucking it, probably as close it, you know, to um, a reggae dance hall as anything on this album. Yeah, it's, it, if you sort of blank it out and and um, look, it's just a little bit too profane to play for the boys. The and weird I, thing I, is, I, track one was sen- is clearly censored for the radio yeah. because it censors out the wicked and bad, which is 
probably as close to grime as it gets. I mean, it's got mm. a, it's got a, a, you know, a punk, a, like a punk metal guitar, but, but but the the beat is is but is grime. It, yeah, it's got that, it's got that ethos, I think, yeah. of what grime is trying to achieve. Um, what a, what an album! Like, they're gonna say, but you're right about pretty songs. I mean, that's the most probably radio friendly. And yeah. the, I think the <laughs> issue like, is where he says, no liberal lefty cunt's going to tell me punching Nazis ain't the way, which I would submit is the bar of the year. That's my bar what, of the year. What about the one about Elvis? Oh, El- well, that, <laughs> That's was a, pretty good. that was a reference to um, Chuck D on um, Fight the Power. Elvis was a hero to most, but he never met. Sh- I can't remember what the original line was. It- it was the same kind of idea. And he Most never of, wrote a banger, wasn't it? Well, no, that wasn't that wasn't Chuck D's line. Chuck D's line oh, was right. was, was uh, but it was essentially what Bob Villain has done is he's riffed off Chuck D's lyrics and basically said the same thing because the fucker was a whack and he hated mm. blacks and he never made one good track. Straight facts. Yep. Uh, all right, so honorable mention time. Let's talk about our honorable mentions. Yeah, so it's your turn because uh, because we had the same number two, so. Who does Look, number two work for? I've got a, I've got a few interesting ones. Um, the Yardax album, the Overlay. Yeah, yeah, that was that was decent. I, I didn't reconsider uh, that one, but I, I do recall that was it was a long time ago. But yeah, that was that was decent. Um, it was it was one of those conversational um, British kind of uh, lo-fi uh, yeah, art punk uh, kind of albums, wasn't it? I, th- I think that the reason that it was in my honourable mentions is it's not a genre that I particularly enjoy. Yeah. Uh, you know, so again, you know, the po- the podcast is sort of subsuming me into <laughs> into genres that <laughs> I normally you wouldn't. you to enjoy things you don't like. Uh, in things that I normally would enjoy, uh, The Alien Coast by St Paul and the Broken Bones definitely was probably my hardest cut. thought that was a... Wasn't that a spoon album? <laughs> <laughs> the hardest cut was literally a spoons. We listened to that album twice. Yeah. yeah th- there was a lot of, like, the Broken Bells, um, the Danger Mouse Black Thought album. Mm. There, was a l- there was a lot of albums with promise that had really good ideas that just didn't fucking seem to execute. Well, you're also talking about slightly disappointing legacy efforts, too. Yeah. The two albums that I had that, that I had trouble keeping out of the top five were actually 90s legacy acts who massively outkicked their coverage in terms of doing something that was more than you'd expect. And yeah, I, re- I, re- I really thought Reef would make your top five. Reef, uh, Reef Shoot Jimmy Erase, and Eve Six's album, um, Hyper oh, Realization. Yeah. Yeah. I, I reviews that, and I can't split them, but they're kind of equal sixth. And they were just brilliant efforts in the genre of what they're from, but also were kind of a bit beyond and above what they normally do. Like, they'd taken it into a different space. I mean, there was plenty of albums, like like that Black Keys album that you liked, like The Crystal Method, like Clutch, Jack White. Lots of legacy acts did albums that were really good for what they do. Really good examples of what they normally do, but didn't really do anything, like, didn't raise expectations beyond what you'd expect from them. Um, and those are the ones that kind of were outside my top ten. But um, I felt like the Eve Six album and the Reef album were... Without, they were hard to keep out, but in the end, um, I felt like I, I need to be seen to be relevant, so I had to make sure that. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, in the end, I, I, I just thought that I went for the, the pure joy of the um, the Sonic Flare album and the and the the ceiling of the uh, Wet Lee album. What else did you have in your in your um dishonourable uh, mentions? Th- there was a few that sort of um, sort of grabbed my interest but didn't sort of hold it. 
the, the Roy Scopper album, like, I like that stuff, but I just don't think it's a very good... Um, Have we ever figured out how to pronounce that? <laughs> no. The, the Lazy Bear's Eyes scared. was an album that you picked, I think, this Which year. Which one? Quite, the Lazy Eyes, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I found that one a little bit, a little bit patchy. I, I, most of my, the rest of my top ten were kind of those really good genre pieces that didn't, that were really good examples of, of in their genre, but didn't really go beyond being brilliant in their genre, if you like. And yep. I'd count like the darts, the chats, uh, yep. rock TV, schizophonics, all gone, which was a band that you picked that did that did a really cool um, R&B funk kind of organ album. Oh yeah, that was that was pretty good. Daisy Charger. Yeah, there was lots of those sorts of bands that did really good genre piece, but it wasn't enough to be just really, really good at in your own space. Not, not in this year. Yeah, you came to be fucking outstanding this year. It was yep. a tough year. Uh, I was a little bit disappointed in the Beyonce album this year, to be honest. But, Guardian work. Yeah. Oh. I don't think we're missing something there. I think I think they're just you know. That feels like a performative solution. Look, and, and that's the thing, like, I, I, I'm sort of, like, I'm, you know, like that late career convert, you, you know, I, I sort of come around to the genius of Beyonce pretty late, but I, I think, I actually think she is a really good songwriter, and this just didn't grab me at all. Yeah. I, I quite I quite like the Broken Bells album, but I just thought it was not as good as stuff that they'd done before like it was a little bit self-indulgent I guess yeah. same with the Loyal Carner album it was like there was a lot of stuff that where I was like I, I think I liked the, I didn't like the Loyal Carner album that much but I respected the I think I respected the, the artistic effort more than I did the previous album he'd done I think I yes. got him a bit better I didn't enjoy yep. it anymore but I think I understood what he was doing a bit better yeah the, the thing the thing with him is I think he uh, he, he's almost like a, an electronic artist with too many toys, mm. a, and w- when he's a little bit more stripped back and and honest, he can write a banger. But he sort of fucks around too much. Mm. Um, yeah, so that 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 was. Uh, when I look back at it, I'll, I'll, I I had a feeling because like, that's why I, I sent you a message today, going, "Are we doing a top ten or a top five? Because I felt like I had a really strong top five, and then I was like, well. I've sort of got flaws with everything from six down. Yeah, like yeah. And for me, um, it kind of there were kind of groups of them. You could cluster them. Say, there's a group of albums that are like this. And this is the flaw they all have, or this is the flaw they all have. And I felt like that was kind of the you know, you know, the the, the next ten albums beyond that. Um, I felt like I could put in any kind of order apart from you know, mm. Reef and Eve Six. Uh, so basically, uh, sort of eight through fifteen, you could sort of jumble around in any order. But and they're all excellent albums and worth your time. But um, and two of them are in your top are in your top five. So uh, the, the thing the thing is with four of my top five, like one to four, I had very strong reactions at the time. Yeah. And then I continued to have that strong reaction throughout the year. And then the Crystal Method was the opposite, where I Crystal Method very, feel, feels a bit like a hammock pick. It feels yeah, like it might have crept up in the hammock. In a, and, and you know, best of luck to it. Just like Sonic Flower was that for me. It was like I just want to hear fucking massive riffs while I. Uh, run up this hill with this dog. Now I'm pretty sure uh, we've got we're the same number we one. We probably are going to set a record for the most consensus. Yeah, number ones this year. Our number one album of the year is the Bobby Lee's. Oh, 
you didn't give me enough time to pick something shit. I was going to say the black <laughs> seeds or something. <laughs> Denzel Curry. Denzel Curry. It'll be Kendrick. Uh, um, Kendrick. Bobby Lee's album. What a fucking ripper of an album. I, 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 I've listened to this a few times in the last two, two or three weeks. Holy shit. The, the, <laughs> <laughs> just the, that, that's it. That's the review. Holy <laughs> shit. Well, it's just the... The, the Sam Corton's a you, force of fucking nature. The lead singer. Yeah. Of, she's just a force of fucking nature. And, and it's it's literally like going through a cyclone, right? Because yeah. you, you hit strange days and strange days. Things just like sort of chill out storm. for a bit. Yeah. And you're just going, yeah. We're like, and then and, suddenly and we're back in and getting punched in the fucking head by riffs again. But that's the thing. Like, I found myself walking through Woolworths going, strange days, strange <laughs> days ahead. And just like yeah. like building the building yeah. that anticipation, that fucking, like waiting to hear that fucking crunch in my head. Like, it's, oh my God, this is such a good album. Um, and the, the thing is like, the, the, the first album we listened to, if I will, wouldn't have been surprised if they'd gone down from that. I thought yeah. that was a really fucking good album. Man. Skin Suit. I went back and re-listened to Skin Suit. Now, and Skin Suit in 2020 uh, was your number five and my number six. So, and it was and back, and we didn't have anything in common in our top five. So that was actually our consensus album of the year. Of the year. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it feels like they've done it again, but this time scoring a little bit more more highly. I think is probably fair to say. Uh, just a just an astonishing astonishing effort. I mean, it's it's got that fucking blues explosion, white stripes kind of energy, um, but it's it's everything that the white stripes were trying to do in two thousand, but better. And, and she has that like it, it's it's a weird comparison because there's no way you would listen to her voice and listen to Patton's voice and go, oh yeah, they're the same, but. She has that range where she has that command, be, yeah, yeah. She can be compelling in this really whispery low. She and, has a really beautiful singing voice if she ever wants to use it, but she wants to use it like a weapon. Yeah, uh, and she, she can wants also to do punch that. Punch you in the fucking face with it. Um, uh, for full disclosure, I have to say that Adam said that this is the he could not fucking stand or handle this album at all. He couldn't understand oh, what we're wow. into it, uh, and that's because wow. he's a classically trained penis, and he thinks she should <laughs> sing like someone from the con. Um, uh, yeah, there is a, uh, if you're not a pure female singer person out there, that, like, I know a lot of people yeah. that only like their female voice to be yes. really pure. And, and that's because push, they're misogynists. I push back against that hard. I want my chick singers to fucking growl and scream and then be beautiful and then be breathy and then fucking punch me in the face with their voice. It's... Fuck, man, this is a good album. I want Suze DeMarkey. I want Chrissy Amphlett. Yes. I, I don't what? want fucking, you know, Belinda Carlisle. Nothing against Belinda Carlisle, but I don't, I don't need that. The, the thing about this album is, like, my opinion on what the best song is changes every time I listen to the album. Like, I think Strange Days and then Hollywood Junkyard and then uh, Have You Seen a Girl? And <laughs> I just I just love the fucking Tomahawk jam on um, Greta Van Vliet. I just love that. Yeah. That's the, I think Monkey Mind is probably the thing that's been played the most in terms of whether that oh, was a really? single. Oh, really? I think that's the okay. single. And that makes sense. It's a it's a strutting little garage punk song, but um, yeah. I just I just love the fury and anger, just the spitting venom of like "fuck you" into a shit band. We're gonna destroy you. If we're on your undercard. 
she is, or this band is absolutely on the top of my, like I have a list of, I will drag my ass out to see these guys live. I think that would be fucking really awesome. Yeah. The, like, you know, it's a, it's a list of about eight bands, I think. Yeah. Six, six, six or eight bands that I would, I would drag myself out to see, but fuck man, this is the top. Like, I don't know whether I could be in the front row. You not might not be in the was, pit, no. Yeah, because man, you would have to be—you'd have to be willing, like, you know, I, I would be working out for a, <laughs> for a month just to be able to take the physical beating of her voice. But ah, mm. oh, man, what an album! What a year! What what like a, any other year? The Bob Dylan album just would have like uh, when we when we heard that Bob yeah, Dylan album, I yeah. was like, the, the nothing. Bob, it's weird that we've got two Bobbies and, and they've, they've kind of decided to between themselves. The, well, when I heard that Bob Villain album, I'm like, there is no way anything is going to be better than this this year. Like, just for the, yeah. the cultural context, the cleverness of the lyrics, the, the marriage of the lyrics and the music, it's just, I'm sorry, nothing's going to beat this this year. And you had to have an album this good. You had to, to do something it. completely different. Yeah. Um, that damn. They're really good. And, and look, I'll, I'll stand by those two albums being the, the best two albums that were released this year. I don't, I don't care if there's anything else I didn't hear. But they're not going to be anything better than those two. And this is the thing, right, is if you if you have these two albums in your life, and, and I actually feel like the, the any of the top five, and, and if you're listening to the podcast, listening to the podcast is worth it just to get these albums into your life. If you are not someone that frequently goes out and searches for new music just listen to our podcast and listen to the albums that we picked in our top five and your life will be better i guarantee it it's like the tagline um, we occasionally use for the podcast we listen to these albums so you don't have to we're doing the like, sifting we're finding you the fucking gold nuggets it, it's it's not very often that i i feel compelled to do self-promotion for this podcast because i realize that it's extremely niche and not for everyone but man you would do far better listening to us than reading fucking the Guardian music column. Like, seriously, if Beyonce and and Beyonce and Kendrick, Kendrick one and two, and and Taylor Swift are the three things that you're going to get out of this musical year, go and listen to the Bobby Lee's album with good speakers or headphones and play it loud. And yeah, but if you like, fuck. if you want to listen to Beyonce and Taylor Swift, then maybe the Bobby Lee's album isn't really where you should be. And that's fine. That's fine. Yeah, and maybe, maybe, like, maybe I've been a little bit indoctrinated because I've, I've listened to a lot more. Because you've had like, seven years of me force feeding you fucking riffs, and you finally yeah, but, cracked and picked a garage punk album as your number one. But, the, but that's the thing, right? We listened to a lot of riffs this year, and I think we listened to a lot of riffs that were fairly disposable, like fun in the moment, but you know, almost like eating. Uh, sandboy chips at a party, you know. What were you dunking on sandboy chips? No, wrong with sandboy chips. Oh, yeah, but uh, like tomato enjoyed... sauce flavour ones. You used to get them at the at the pool, the municipal pool. The smell of you, the chlorine would interact with the chips, and it'd be fucking amazing. You you enjoy the experience, but it's not something that's going to stick with you. Now yeah, but, I don't know. And there's a place for that kind of music. I mean, that that kind of music is yeah. there for a reason. But well, the problem I have is that. I would argue that Taylor and Beyonce are that kind of music. That's that's what I'm saying. And then trying to claim they have any greater, deeper fucking spiritual, cultural fucking significance is just the, the masturbatorial fantasy of, of the music writer. It doesn't have that quality. Yeah. You've just put that quality on it. And the, the, the funny thing is, is the... Uh, that there's a secondary music appreciation group which is like 
there's no one out there that's the Bob Dylan or the uh, I don't know there's the Led Zeppelins or what, whatever whatever great band you're thinking of from the 60s, 70s, 80s like you know there's not that sort of music and sure there might not be the group think over those albums but fuck man there's not many albums out there classic or whatever that can stand up to this album this album is like an all-timer and I would, I would actually say the Bob Villain album like you said we're comparing it to the Public Enemy albums and the and the Rage Against the well, Machine. I, I, I lean on comps a lot because yeah. it helps me put things into context, but it, I feel like that's also me trying to help the audience because I say, look, if you like X, you're going to like Y. The sound of it is probably, you know, musically is probably less Public Enemy and more Rage Against the Machine and maybe even more, say, Ice T Body Count kind of stuff in terms of the, you know, a, a little bit of that kind of rap metal from... But I mean, that was what Razor S. Machine were doing as well. So there's just so much. There's so much depth to that album. That's kind of the thing. You just kept finding new stuff every time you went back and listening to it. And um, yeah, yeah, it, it's blown me away. The Bob Villain album was a Joker. Joker, yeah. And I'm pretty sure the first Bobby Lee's album was a Joker. In 2020, when we did it. So crazy. I'm pretty sure you picked that Mexican album as a Joker. <laughs> yeah, like I don't know. It's captured my soul. That album. I just. I love sticking that on the like loud on the good speakers or on the headphones and just wandering around and immersing myself. Like it's it's like it's just like stepping into a bath at the most. You just want your own. You want your own theme music. That's right. You want your own theme music. You want your own soundtrack. You want to be wandering around in the fucking you know Monterey Peninsula with a six shooter on a horse, just cowboying shit up. Well, if if Abs wants to do some raps over the top of that music, then that would probably just sort me out perfectly. I don't think that would work. I think they kind of need to stick with those kind of probably not golden era loops <laughs> and blurps and burps and bloops. Yeah. Uh, all right, Doc. Well, that's it for this year or last. That year. That is well, it is and it isn't because uh, our next episode we will <laughs> we'll go back and critique everybody else's shitty <laughs> top ten list and point out all the errors. This is fucking bullshit. Um. What I thought we might just do is um, during the next week, we might, you and I might just go back and, and look at some of the, the top tens from The Guardian and from The Enemy and from all those other places, and we might just have a quiet listen to one or two, and we'll come back and talk about the lists they, they came up with and uh, why they're wrong. And dunk on them. Have um, our much. friends in New Zealand done their pod yet? No, I think they've um, they're in they're in retirement ish from that sort of stuff. Uh-huh. But I would point out that it was. Um, it was Dave from the Drive Through Party who actually pointed out to me that the new the Bobby Lee's album had dropped. Although I think they're a bit, they're probably a bit pissed off with us because every time they suggest an album to us, we dunk on it. Um, the Sims well, album, uh, what, for example. What was the? What was that? There was an album this year that I just absolutely fucking detested. What was that one that oh, that Ace that Ace Ace was sure that I was going to like? I can't even remember that? what it was. What was that? Let me have a quick look back. The seamless editing, seamless editing. Uh, the um, Troy Kingy album was a disappointment too, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but but I sort of expected. Was I- it Wulu? It was Wulu, yes, wasn't it? It was Wulu, and I listened to that again today, and I did it was not the, like it. The same week we did Wulu, Bobby Lee's, and Sonic Flower. That's right. That's so that was right. a busy and week. It was the Wulu. It was the the New Zealand trip hop, and it was no. It was it was terrible. it was Black London. It was Black London. Uh, it was Black London okay. trying to do trip hop, and it didn't really land as a as a trip hop album. But then again, you know, trip nothing hop, lands as trip nothing. Hop. Nothing is trip hop because trip hop was, 
Because the space time invariance, is, as we've we've pointed out previously, it, it, if it wasn't made in Bristol in 1992, it isn't triple. That's just you know, oh, it's like yeah. it's got dock. It's like that you know that um, you know if it's if it's not made in the in champagne, it's not champagne. It's just sparkling <laughs> triple. Do, do do you reckon that um there'd be a, a university that'd let me like get a bunch of con students and feed them MDMA and see whether they could make a modern trip up? I mean, you can do it. Um, they'll probably <laughs> arrest you for being a sex pest because that's clearly what you're up to. No, I just lock them in a room. Stop, stop trying feed to. Them a whole, feed, you're not feed them a whole allowed to hold violinists against their will. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! If the authorities are listening, please understand I was not part of this plan. I will definitely, I will definitely roll over and and, and give evidence against him. I will, I will fucking squeal. He's, he's got a holy after dark recordings that have never been released that he's just gonna, he's yeah. just gonna give to give yeah. over to the authorities. And also, my kid didn't get enough playtime for the US national team, so I'm taking you down. <laughs> All right, talk. That'll do me. I'll. Um, that was a fun year. I'll talk to you next week. Yeah, I'll talk to you next week. And uh, folks, uh, we'll ha- we have our um, our master playlist of all the albums that we listen to available on our Spotify account. We've also got a mixtape of our favourite tracks from uh, albums we listened to this year, uh, as well as that thread I did, which is I turned into a blog post on drubo.blogspot.com, which is my blog I hadn't used for about five years. <laughs> Uh, but then again, Twitter keeps falling over, so we might be we might be escaping, going back to the future and escaping to 2006 and, and firing back up again. So you can hear these albums on whatever music platform you listen to, and they're definitely worth bending an ear to. You can let us know how fucking wrong we were, and we won't listen. I hope this year's as good as, as the last, mate, because it was a cracker. It won't be. <laughs> I, I, think, I think every year's the same. We're just getting better at finding the good stuff. Yeah, that's true. All right, dude. All right. Catch you on the flip side. Cheers, man. Strange days, stranger days ahead. Strange days, stranger days ahead. Strange days, stranger days ahead. Strange days, stranger days ahead.